A few months ago, no one would have thought the world would be thrown into disarray. But fast forward to now, the COVID-19 pandemic has come and changed life as we knew it. One area badly hit by the pandemic is work. Both the formal and informal sectors have not been spared. There has been a significant loss of jobs and salary cuts in the organized sector. With all the restrictive rules made to ensure we stay healthy and away from this viral infection, a lot of businesses and companies are looking at possible options to keep their businesses running and just stay afloat. But in a developing country like Nigeria, there are those for whom working from home is not even an option. There are those who work in sectors where there is low technological infrastructure or even no technology at all. There are those who work in the informal sector and those who work in our rural areas. So what exactly is the future of work across sectors in post-COVID Nigeria? Hello and welcome to NOW, a podcast which examines the impact of COVID-19 on all aspects of our lives. I am Juliet Obata. In this episode, Olamide Balogun, the Chief Executive Officer of Box and Cedar, a human resources and consulting firm, shares her views on the future of work. What we're going to see is that people are going to let go of five people and hire one good person. A mother who works from home tells us her experience. Initially, I thought my child was going to be disturbing me, but surprisingly, I've been able to control him and I work effectively. In fact, I deliver my tasks on time. Award-winning singer and songwriter Omar Wumi Megbele says she's considering a change of career post-COVID-19. <laughs> I want to tell you, Omar. We must have an the COVID-19 pandemic has had different impact on different companies. A few have adjusted their work patterns and are enabling their staff to work from home. Anecdotal evidence suggests that while some companies are downsizing, others have sent a sizable number of their staff on compulsory annual leave. A few have adjusted their work patterns and are enabling their staff to work from home. These organizations have adopted telecommuting and teleworking not only to keep to safety rules, but also to cut costs due to the economic impact of the pandemic on businesses. How are workers who have found themselves working remotely reacting to this new way of operating? Two working mothers share their experiences during the lockdown. My name is Miriam Mohammed. I work in the media. As a working mother, I didn't know that uh, working from home was going to be this easy. Initially, I thought my child was going to be disturbing me, but surprisingly, I've been able to control him and I work effectively. In fact, I deliver my tasks on time and I have time for my child as well. And I even concentrate more when I settle down to start the day's work. I think uh, companies should take a cue from this after coronavirus, uh, as in they should find a way of making working mothers to sometimes stay at home and work from home. Uh, as long as you are effective, I see no uh, big deal. At least let's assume this is one of the good discoveries of uh, coronavirus. My name is Bridget. I'm an HR professional. I had my concerns on how we're going to carry on with our jobs and all. But to my surprise, 
I will tell you categorically that I've been working even more hours into the normal work hours that I would have in the office. I work longer into the night. I have my time to myself. I have time to think. I have time to do my research. I have time to come up with the best results. And surprisingly, I'm working faster because when my boss calls me and says, oh, I need this document, within the next few minutes, it's done and ready. And so I've come to check the balance, working from home, going to the office. Nigeria's informal sector, according to the IMF, contributes up to 65% to the economy, but these are not businesses that can necessarily be transacted online. What becomes of the mason whose job cannot be done with digital apps? The vulcanizer who does not need internet connectivity to work on tires, or the ordinary market woman whose customers do not understand what it means to transact their businesses online. To find out, I spoke to the chairman of one of the largest commodity markets in Enugu, southeast Nigeria, the Ogbetemin market, Okechuku Eze. Basically, the, like the, the medicals, the provision that consumables food items, the, who allowed them to be opening their shops in the Ogbetemin market. But those ones like the articles, like the books sellers and the good sellers, they are not allowed to do that. So even if you order them online, it's impossible for you to come to the market because you cannot even open your shop to get it and even give to your, to the person buy. So maybe next time uh, when you are telling them about online business, uh, they'll be ready now to embrace it. And the situation appears not to be that different in the north of Nigeria. Kurumi Market in the ancient city of Kano is a large market founded in the 15th century and still in use till date. The secretary of the market association, Ali Ismail, says it has been a difficult time for traders. Well, uh, you know, lost cannot <laughs> be identified, but we suffered a lot. We lost a lot. You understand. Instead of getting what we shall survive on every day, uh, we are defending what we have. Even if you have something valuable at home, we sell it to survive on. We are not a civil servant. You know, civil servants uh, used to earn their salary every month. You understand? Well, we are not a civil servant. We are traders. We have to go out and open our shops before we get what we can live on. It's possible. Uh, you, you know, we used to attend seminars on online business, but, you know, we are laymen in terms of Western education. We are laymen in terms of operating uh, computer techniques. Therefore, uh, it's possible, but it's difficult until you study it before you learn. Uh, you, you see, some of us do not attend schools. You understand? Yeah. Therefore, uh, it's difficult for us to, 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 to operate this uh, online business. You see, but it's good online business. It's, it's easier than the uh, manual business in our society. You understand? Experts in human resource and development have predicted that more jobs will still be lost as businesses are folding up.
The last unemployment report released by the National Bureau of Statistics ranks Nigeria 21 among 181 countries with an unemployment rate of about 23.1%. The Nigeria Economic Summit Group says unemployment could rise up to 52%. If you consider that already, an estimated 87 million people live on less than $2 a day. Experts say the situation may get really dire. So how do we mitigate this damage when it comes to work? What is the future of work post-COVID-19 pandemic? I spoke to a human resource expert and the chief executive officer of Box and Cedar about work in post-pandemic Nigeria, but started by asking her first to tell us what impact the pandemic has had on our own business. It has not affected it adversely because, you know, basically we work with technology, with technology, so it hasn't affected it adversely. In fact, people are recruiting, believe it or not. People are recruiting, um, even though people are also downsizing, you know, letting people go. But there are quite a few people recruiting. What we're going to see is that people are going to let go of five people and hire one good person. So where in the past, you know, you had four people, five people faffing around, not really you know, doing things and employers sort of like turned a blind eye because of um, reduced money coming in and the fact that a few people haven't worked in weeks. People, employers are now actually looking at their staff and saying, who do I really need? Who don't I need? Is it better for me to let go of these five people and just hire one person? Because there's a lot that goes into... Um, one person, you know, there's pension, there's tax, there's health, you know, if, you ha if you're doing that for five different people, it's such a it's such a waste of time and resources. But if you do it with one person, one person who's good, that person is most likely going to be a bit more expensive than all the people you've sent away, but, you know, all the effort is concentrated in one place. I don't know if you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, but what happens to that one person who will be out of job? How can the person uh -huh. pick up the pieces of their of their lives and you know move on? Well, the thing is to really look at yourself as to where you are, okay, and then to know where do I want to go. So if you have been that person, I mean, I know people who say, "Oh, I don't want to. I want to work, but I don't want anywhere where they're going to stress me." That is a bit of a shame because there is no good work you're doing that will not bring come with its own stress. Let's look at the future of um, work in Nigeria. Many companies are working remotely. Is that going to be like the new normal, even after the pandemic? So. I don't think so. I don't think so. First of all, I was doing interviews today, and at some point, the network was going crazy. Not on my side, because I was using Wi-Fi, but on the side of the person I was interviewing. Some of them I had to do with audio, but in an interview, you know, you're about to say that it is in the eyes that you, the discussion is. You don't want to be interviewing somebody with audio. You know, the network is not fantastic. Some people don't even, didn't have light to charge their phones or whatever, depending on what level of what you're doing. So I think it may be the current normal, but it's not going to be the new normal. Not in Nigeria. Of course, some people are going to, you know, work from home more. Some people. But in Nigeria, we're still too rudimentary in our infrastructure to say this is going to be the new normal. I mean, for the ordinary man who is not working in the organized sector, who is not even um, IT-savvy, what becomes of him? 
So if the farmer in the middle of nowhere does not have a phone, that's fine. Because the person who is going into the farm to buy his produce has a phone. Do you understand? Yeah. So the, the farmer in the village may not need technology at this point because the people who are coming to buy from him are ready to come and buy from him and then may not have a phone, but the person interacting with him does. So you'll be surprised that phones, I mean, the people who are laughing all the way to the bank are who? Telephone and data companies. I mean, all over the world. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Okay, let, let's look at the benefits and the downsides now. Do you think uh, the benefits of working remotely outweighs the, the downside? <sighs> Especially so, during so, this period. It's difficult to say a blanket, the pros far outweigh the cons. Oh. It depends on where you are and what you're doing. Okay? So, I have, you know, I know somebody uh, who, who, you know, who lives abroad who was working full-time, also doing full-time school, doing an MBA. And she was saying that this is the best time of her life. Oh. She's getting the best grades, she's, and she's still working because she's at home. She doesn't have to commute. She does, she's not worrying about, you know, she's lost weight because she's not eating rubbish out of the, you know, job. Yeah. So for her, being at home is gold dust. Okay? Mm. But for some people, it's not being gold dust because, you know, Nobody's buying what they have to sell. So I know somebody who just rented a place to mm. use as some kind of bar and hangout lounge and was making a lot of money, but it's been shut down. He's lost all that rent. He's probably had to let go of his uh, workers. It's not, he's not selling food that people can package and come and pick up. So, you know, for him, it's not even a case of working remotely. It's a case of shutting down completely. Mm. And, there were, and the truth is that we're animals... We're social animals. Uh, there was a joke. Somebody said, ah, please check on your Yoruba friend. Though we've not had a one day in how many weeks and, you know, we're not doing well. <laughs> so we're social animals. So yes, oh, I can work remotely today. Uh -huh. It's good if I work remotely once a week. I'm at home with my children because that's, what, that's the good side. The children are there with the parents, even though they're probably driving their parents around the bend, right? But we're social animals. You can't be indoors you know, seven days a week, mm. not seeing anybody and just working. And then it's really not healthy. How many people have uh, ergonomic chairs in their homes where they're working from? Mm. And if you're not sitting down properly, sooner or later your back will hurt, your neck will hurt. So, you know, except if you plan it, except if organizations say, okay, your workspace at home must be like this. You know, we're going to get you power. We're going to get you data. We're going to get you this you know, that and the other. And yeah. then, you know, when people are at home, they're dealing with the children, they're probably, one person is not feeling well, and they're having to deal with work as well. I'm particularly concerned about those who like to micromanage their staff. Uh -huh. What do you could be a headache for them? <laughs> what do you think? The staff, will, the staff will be happy, I can assure you. <laughs> the staff will be happy. But, you know, micromanaging is an attitudinal problem. It's a profile problem. Um, it's never good to micromanage. It's not even good for the health of the person who's micromanaging. When you find somebody who micromanages, they're stressed out. The body goes into a flight or fight mode. They're stressed out completely because they are like, everything must work like clockwork. They're the sort who, when they come into a room, they see everything that is wrong in the room in two seconds. They think they're good, but actually they have a problem. They're stressed out. And because they're stressed out, they're secreting cortisol. And cortisol 
gives you that flight or fight uh, uh, thing, such that you are always on a high. Even for those people, it might even be really good because they would have learned to accept the things they can't control in this period. Okay, on the final note, let's look at the future of work after COVID-19. What is your projection? I think that more people are going to have to be innovative. I think that technology is going to take over a lot of regular jobs. You know, in our time, our parents used to say, become a lawyer, doctor, whatever, whatever. But you know that a lot of those things, machines can do them. Now they say become more creative, okay? Go into food, go into things that a machine cannot do. You're going to find a lot more creativity. I was at a seminar a few months ago. They didn't know COVID-19 was coming, but they were predicting that the jobs people are going to be doing in five years have not even been created now. Because, you see, the jobs now, I mean, you can travel. During this COVID thing, I was in, I was in Toronto. I didn't see anybody. You don't even see anybody to even put your luggage on the, on the rail. You print out the thing yourself. You wear the thing yourself. You get out your this and you put the thing and the, 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 the conveyor belt self takes it. When I was younger, traveling, you would have 15 people doing that service. So you're seeing that there has to be more creativity. You can't sit down and expect a one plus one is going to be the two that you knew it was before. It's going to be a new two. It's going to be a digital two. It's going to be a tool like we've never seen before. So the future of work, whatever it is you're doing, whether you own a business, you're working in an establishment, you're working in government, creativity is going to be the order of the day. If you continue to do the same thing, you're going to get the same results. And you know what they say when you are standing still. Some people say you're stagnant. You're not stagnant. You're actually going back. You're actually regressing. The extremely talented singer and songwriter Omao Mimigbele is vivacious, friendly, and has a great sense of humor, which is always on display wherever she goes. She spoke to Abdul Lokwechime about what she misses most during this pandemic. Oh, yes, that's when you said that, that you say money. Have you missed money? Yes, I've missed money. <laughs> You'll be specific. I thought you were talking about, you know, just general living. Specific. It is. Do you miss making money? I would say, of course, yes. <laughs> okay, so now uh, people are believing that uh, what we have now is called the new normal. Are you one of those who believe that there's something like new normal? We must go back to our normal. Well, the truth about it is that you know things have definitely changed, and uh, the only thing that is constant in this life is change. You know, so we don't expect at any time, in any circumstance, that things will ever go back to normal. For example, now um, the age of social media. I really struggled with it when it first started. Until when I now saw that the thing is uh, making money for people, yes, that so. there's something called social media currency. <laughs> so that's why my now learned to start constituting a new Things are always going to constantly change. But I'm usually of the school that all die in a die, no pressure. Do the one way you think, leave the rest for God. Like you rightly said, change is inevitable. In this new change, yes. how do artists fit in? Virtual concerts are going on everywhere. I hear now that they are driving concerts uh, in America. Which one here in Nigeria? This question is 
question, eh? I don't know. It's as if I should take my song for you. <laughs> if you ask me, what do you want me to ask Sing the song, let me. But the thing is, it's not, um, it's not really clear-cut, you know? Mm. There, are some, there are many ways of um, g getting revenue now as an entertainer or a musician. You know, so yes, the, the drive-in concerts are ideal, but Nigeria and abroad, we are not the same. Yeah. It was recently that artists started doing individual calls. Normally, most of all these promoters will come together, gather all of us like it's the market, <laughs> and say, oh yeah, let us all do this concert. And <laughs> I think that, yeah, we have to just try and move with the times and just do the best that we can. And so now, now, we say six months, at least since January, at least since February, since when Corona started to blow the bridge much more, you know, no show. So if you are not streaming, if your streaming numbers are not amazing, that means by now, you will be looking at God, and God will be looking back at you, and you will be thinking <laughs> like David is son. So, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> People like us that are like that, we have to not dig into our inner self and learn one trade. I, for example, now I want to start selling tomatoes. So you, you mean now? Hey, stay I want to sell tomatoes. You want to start listening to tomatoes? So venture into farming. <laughs> Don't go. Optimize me. Yes, yes. So, since this pandemic started, I noticed that some artists have uh, been through, I mean, maybe trying to help uh, gather uh, uh, people together or in, in terms of maybe donating or in terms of feeding. Have you been involved in any of this, either as yourself or with organizations? Um, I tried it by myself once or twice, and uh, especially in my neighborhood. I tried the rice once, and I had like over a thousand small bags of rice that I was giving out, you know. But they pursued the bus. Oh, wow. I put social distance. Whether not me, or whether not be me, they don't consign them with me and social distancing. I said, I don't go fix because I don't want to make anybody arrest me. So what I now did was that I now started looking for um, organizations that already have a system. One of them was Lucky Food Bank. I like my hometown in Wari. Then you know my mom is from River State, so uh -huh. we did some also in my mom's town in Cinema. Let's talk about you and your works. Some of us believe that yes. you are understated in the industry. That the type of talent that we see in you, the type of stage command that we see in you, you should be ruling more than you are doing. I mean, in terms of controlling the scene. I feel like. That um, statement is relative. Everything has its time and its processes. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And the whole idea is being part of a legacy um, where, you know, your name will be mentioned when it comes to um, building the new Nigerian music. Did I deliberately decide that I was going to be where I am? No. But am I grateful for it? 100%. There are things I know about this industry. After childbirth, it's always a bit difficult to bounce back on stage. But you were able to do that. Tell me how. And you came back uh, with a different swag. Ha! Amen, no. 
I had like a very strict diet that I followed and it boils down to what you want to do. Go back at it. You just go back 100. Okay. During this pandemic, are you uh, creating music or are you planning to release another record immediately after? What, what, what are you doing creatively now? Well, right now, I have a single that was out, but the visuals are going to be out on Friday. It's called Lituation featuring Phil Keys. And I also did a song with DJ Tunes remixed, that's Without You, which is still on the air. So am I recording right now? No, because I really observed that social distancing. A bit paranoid at the first stage. But right now that it is the lockdown, sure, I've contacted uh, a couple of producers that work, my in-house producers that work with me. So they've started um, something called Production Factory, where they start um, creating beats. But I'm not really under pressure. That pressure will be saying, ah, if you don't put out music, you're not going to be relevant. Now what? <laughs> what will help us? I'm not going to Omaomi, you are going to sing a song for our listener and some of your fans who are maybe be eating up with fears in their homes, so at least to lift up their spirits. Can I come in solo now? Get away. I have a fortune to get away. On the moment, I want my share. Be back, baby. Hey, baby. Be back, baby. So I said that there are so many evil things that are going on in this world, but it is the one that we know how to do that we will do. We know they follow anybody they bet. We are not following anybody to conform. And that's it on this episode of Now. I am Juliet Obata.